You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. And with the 11th pick in the 2013 NHL Entry Draft, the Philadelphia Flyers are proud to select, from Ramuski of the Quebec Major Junior League, left winger Samuel Moran? No, but seriously. Hey everybody, I'm your host with the most, Joe Gazarian, and just as I foretold, as I prognosticated, our prodigal son has returned to us now as a six foot seven left wing, and I could not be more excited to see what happens with Sam Moran. <laughs> I'm Matt Arenic, and I cannot be happier to say Flyers hockey is back, because quite frankly, the Eagles are crushing my soul. Please don't leave us, Carson. Yeah, I'm Mike Zawissa, and I'm already taking movie suggestions, so I can switch to something else at halftime. Uh, Wonder Woman. Go ahead, check out the second one. I heard it's great. Um, uh, I watched it. I would disagree. But, uh... <laughs> oh boy, they're gonna come for you, Mike. Be careful. Hockey's in full swing, though, guys. Um, we finally have our first official camp roster. Uh, when it comes chock full of new storylines as well, we have a number a number change, new position for a once highly touted prospect, as we just mentioned. Plenty of camp battles to look at too. Um, Flyers fans should should be foaming at the mouth for for all what's coming but uh, not to mention we got another I guess it was kind of an unexpected piece of news there were some rumblings that there was going to be another outdoor game but um, we do have one coming and the world juniors is finally coming out of their shell we got some great games it's going to be a full slate today Uh, Matt where do you think we should start how about uh, Lake Tahoe so I mean like you mentioned I know there is some rumblings of I can't remember it was Lake Tahoe. They anticipated it was Lake Victoria. I think was Lake Victoria. Kind of yeah, and that would have been like the opening game of the season. Would have been spectacular. That was from by the way. That would have been a great move, but of course. But at the same time, I, I shouldn't say it's the NHL because a Lake Tahoe move is a fantastic move, and we yeah. are as Flyers fans lucky enough to be one of the selected to play in the two games that will be hosted uh, on a resort. It's not actually on the lake. Obviously, it's a golf course. Um, really? they'll be playing the game on. Yeah. It's like, they said like between holes, like 16 to 18 on they're flooding um, the greens for an ice. I, range? I don't, I don't know. I do not know. I doubt Jesus. they're flooding it. They're Those members gotta be, of... the members gotta be pumped about that. They gotta love yeah. that. <laughs> they're going to dig another pond and then they're going <laughs> to fill in that pond. Yeah. They might, yeah, they might just Maybe. use one of the ponds, but, um, <laughs> yeah, so that game is going to occur at least a flyers game. I know they're on two separate days. It's going to be, like I mentioned, the flyers, First, the, the Boston Bruins on February 21st, and then it's going to be Vegas versus Colorado, which is an unbelievable game as well. I think hopefully – I shouldn't say hopefully because they're probably not going to be back by then. You would ideally like to see Pasta and Marchant mm-hmm. back just for the sake of the game. But, hey, a little undermanned Boston Bruins team in an outdoor game, potential win, that would be nice. So um, that's some big news for Flyers fans that I didn't anticipate coming. So – no, I don't think like any of this was coming. Yeah. They, there was that talk Elliot Friedman had said that the Flyers were one of the teams that had explored playing an outdoor game. I think it, at the link they had talked about it, mm. but it kind of fell through. So, yeah, I just thought that there would be no outdoor games this year. Um, it's a pleasant surprise, and it 
feels a little more special than outdoor games in years past. I think just because of the the situation, like the location too. That's an unbelievable. Yeah, location. yeah, the location and the fact that we weren't even sure what the season would look like this year. So True. that's nice. Uh, second time the Flyers will be playing the Bruins in a uh, outdoor game. winter classic or an outdoor game, I should say. Um, so looking it's, forward to it. It's interesting. I, I was joking with uh, with another buddy. Um, I used to think that the NHL just had like like a dartboard of like the same six teams, like the Flyers, Bruins, Rangers, Blackhawks, and like just a few others, and they would just spin that wheel and just throw a <laughs> throw a dart and whatever two teams it hit, they would play outdoors. Uh, but Vegas getting an outdoor game, I think, is going to be really cool. Um, obviously, they're they're mm-hmm. super talented. I think uh, Colorado had an outdoor game. I think they played the Kings last year. Um, yeah, but, I think they had one. Yeah, but still, though, I mean, it's you know, it's it's cool to have. Vegas in it, you know, I think Vegas, Lake Tahoe, I think Godfather 2, pretty good movie, so hopefully this will be pretty good as well. Um, yeah, against the Bruins. We should mention, by the way, Bruins, quick Bruins talk. Chara signing with the Caps. Um, I was shocked. I, I cannot believe they let him walk. I understand it, but he's the captain. It's just... I, no, I mean, it was his his call, apparently. Oh, they, no, I read that it was, the, the Bruins were wanting to go younger. No, yeah. well, they they offered a con, they offered a contract. Oh, I think it was I more than what Chara that. got. Wow! Then, but the, the the caveat was they're going to ask him to play as like seventh or eighth defenseman, basically. Mm-hmm. So he'd be part time, and he he didn't want to do that because I mean, nor should he have as the captain for all no. that time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I did also see that he actually initially liked, which is hilarious because the way we talk about it, uh, the Canadians. <laughs> he wanted to go there initially, but because of visa issues between the countries and COVID and restrictions, I think moving the family and facilitating all that logistically was tough because he said he liked how they built the team, oh which is God. also another, another piece of news. Corey Perry signing with yeah. Yeah. the uh, Canadians as well. But I thought that was funny to read considering our, our stance on that team. Canadians, uh, Maple Leafs games are going to be wild this year I, I the canadians I, are just I, gonna be mucking it up and everything and the oh it's gonna be the softest team versus like the quote-unquote like good old hockey boys squad yeah. so that's why i i have the canadians doing better than people think i just have a weird gut feeling just like in the playoffs i knew the caps were gonna be ass i have the same kind of gut feeling that the canadians are gonna be good this year I'm not saying they're gonna be world beaters or, or top of the canadian division the north whatever they call it but i think they're gonna be better because you got a lot of assholes on that team we'll see we'll see what happens but anything else we want to touch on before we kind of get into to camp rosters stuff like that no no i think we'll leave the uh kind of division predictions for another week yeah and speaking of rosters obviously that's that lake tahoe game is a long way off but we got our rosters for the immediate future here and it's Pretty remarkable. The Flyers are the ninth youngest team in the NHL based on the roster they have out right now. There's plenty of intriguing names on that list. I'm going to name I'll, I'll name off the forwards and the defensemen real quick. We got Wade Allison. Uh, somehow Andy Andreoff is clinging to life there. <laughs> God bless him. Uh, Nicholas Aubin-Coubel, Connor Bunneman, Sean Couturier, Joel Farabee. Uh, with the number change, we'll get into that. Uh, Tyson Forster, the first round pick from uh, this past draft. Morgan Frost, Claude Giroux, Kevin Hayes, Travis Konechny, Tanner Lazinski, Scott Lawton, Oscar Lindblom, the GOAT, uh, Samuel Moran, the second GOAT, Nolan Patrick, Michael Roffel, Linus Sandin, Carson Torinsky, JVR, Yakov Voracek, Zade Wisdom. 
And then as far as defense, we got Chris uh, Begris. Is that right, Mike? Begris? Begris? Yeah. Justin Braun, Mark Friedman, Shane Gossesbear, Eric Gustafson, Robert Haig, Philippe Myers, Derek Pouliot, shout out to the Pens, Nate Prosser, Ivan Provorov, Travis Sanheim, Tyler Witherspoon, Wyatt Wiley, and finally Igor Zamula. Goaltenders, we got Brian Elliott, Carter Hat, Alex Lyon, Felix Sandstrom, and Roddy Ross. Is that real? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that was the, do you remember that the alliteration draft it was roddy ross yeah. uh bobby brink and a couple other players honestly i thought that's, you... a, that's a tough first name what the hell is roddy <laughs> he's named after uh the wrestler or whatever yeah you I lost me i thought yeah, i thought you put that in there mike as a joke to kind of like no. trip me up <laughs> roddy ross it does look like it's photoshopped um kind of yeah kind of well because yeah the rest of the orange the rest of the names are are orange so yeah, shout out to Broad Street Radio or Broad Street Hockey. We used your uh, your article that had the the names, the yeah, names in there. Thank you. We're we're avid listeners of them too, so it's absolutely it's all friends. But um, what do we think of the roster, guys? There's there's a lot of stuff going on. Obviously, there's some injuries too with uh, Ustamenko. Was it rotator cuff, right, Matt? Is that what it was? No, it was the labrum. Labrum, so labrum. Even, even I don't know it's if you could say it's even worse. I mean, it's a hip injury. For a goalie that has him out four to five, I months. think it's worse for a goalie. Yeah, so I mean that's that's such shitty news. Just because, again, as I mentioned on the Twitter uh, Twitter thread, if you might have seen it yesterday, that um, he's pretty much passed. I would say Felix Sandstrom in terms of organizational depth for mm-hmm. probably the best prospect goalie wise for us. So it's shitty that he's not going to be able to kind of continue that momentum. Now again, it would have been. Interesting kind of to see. He probably wouldn't have been at camp, maybe. Maybe now that the AHL season may come to fruition, he might have been playing there. I guess it all depends what there, what happens there. But either way, that's that's just a tough, tough, tough injury for him to come back from. So that's something to look out for in the future, kind of how he recovers from that. And then same goes for Isaac Ratcliffe. We actually briefly mentioned him last last episode about someone who could potentially be on the taxi squad for the team. Uh, forward-wise, but unfortunately, he sustained a uh, rib injury during training that has him out at least four weeks. Um, so for someone who's, in my opinion, in a make-it-or-break-it season, not necessarily for his like, entire career, but at least his career with the Flyers after a tough start adjusting to pro hockey last year, um, you never like to kind of miss training camp, especially in a shortened season, and kind of have to battle your way back, so... Tough break tough, for both of those guys. Tough luck for both of them. I agree, um, Mike. What do you think? Any any comment on the injuries or, or the roster before we kind of dig yeah. a little deeper? Well, I mean, I think a, few, a couple weeks ago it was announced that Ustamenko had come over to North America, um, and everyone kind of scratched their heads about it. They wondered if he would be included as the third goalie over Alex Lyon, um, but I guess it just turns out it was because of. He must have come over to get surgery or something or be consulted by the team doctor, I guess. That's what I would assume. Um, but, yeah, tough break, Matt. Like you said, he's he, – in my eyes, he's definitely moved up beyond Felix Sandstrom. Um, uh, and I think he would have had a strong AHL season. So, And then Ratcliffe, yeah, he's a guy who probably had an outside shot to make the team, um, if if nothing else than the, the taxi squad. So, tough break, but still a lot to look forward to. Uh, with this with this uh, camp roster. A lot of really interesting roster battles down the bottom of the lineup. And not like in years past where it would be like 
Okay, our roster battle for fourth line center is between Vandevelde uh, and, and yeah, Chris Vandevelde and Mike Vecchioni and like no, these that's, are that's the first thing I noticed was the fact that when I look at this and I get like a real realistic understanding of who's going to be on the team, there's no one who I'm dreading. Yeah, that's going to it's be on the e- it's roster. It's even better than the the return to play roster that they announced because oh, yeah. no you Nate added Thompson. yeah, no Nate Thompson, no Derek Grant. You've added. Carson Torensky is back on it. Um, and two huge ones. Like, I know Lindblom, I know Oscar was a part of the return to play roster. And it seemed like it was just a, a nice gesture, but mm-hmm. he wound up playing. So it's nice to have him, like, on the roster to start camp before they've even done physicals, which I think they're, they're doing today. Yeah. So we'll see what if any news comes today. out about that. But the, a huge one is Nolan Patrick. Yeah. Remember how much was made of him being excluded from the return to play roster? And like how, oh, well, they should have brought him just so he could have been with the guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's a part of this roster right here. So, and he wouldn't have been in Philly for all this time skating and practicing if he wasn't, you know, if, if he wasn't ready to go. So I think that's yeah. huge. I, I think he, he, you talk about make it or break it years, Matt. This is Nolan Patrick's make it or break it years. He, he has to hit this out of the park. If he doesn't yeah. show that he's back to some level, man, it's just going to be, oof. God bless him. I wish him all the luck in the world. But he's got a mountain he's got to climb to to get back into where people thought he was going to be. But I am really excited to have him back. I think he's going to be ready to go. Um, before we get into lines, we should also mention we got the number change. Joel Farabee from number 49 to 86. Um, 86 seems like a good number to me. Close to 88, which is Lindros, my guy. And any notable 86s? I can't think of anyone. Kucherov. Yeah. Ah. yeah, Kucherov. Good call that. That's I like football numbers on uh, hockey on, players. On wingers? Those, like 80s, yeah. Those okay. 80s yeah. and 90s, I love them. I feel like it's been forever since what, like Nikolai Zherdev? Since uh, we had... He, he was a 90... Was he well, 90? I mean Jake. Well, we do have Jake at 93, but like, I feel like, yeah, outside of Jake, really, there hasn't been, like, we had Jeff Carter at 77. I mean, I just think it's a great move. I also... No, Jeff a, was 17. Jeff was 17. With the fire. Oh, yeah, that issue. I don't yeah. know why I thought 77. One looks yeah, like a just, 7. The one looks like a seven. Well, no, I think he's seventy-seven now in uh, in LA. Yeah, because um, oh, Kopitar's seventeen. No, no Kopitar's Kopitar eleven. Who was seventeen when they got? Well, either way, I just like the number change. I think it's still annoying that rookies have to go an entire season with like whatever number they're given. We briefly talked about what Frost's because I guess he'll probably keep forty-eight for the entire season until he like proves himself, uh, which is. It sucks no, for the fan too, because like, what if you you went out and you bought a Joel Farabee jersey? At I did see that. Someone's well, they, like, they looks like I played myself. <laughs> they replace them. Oh, they'll oh, replace they it. Okay. okay. Well, they they re- or they'll restitch it or something yeah. like that for you. I've seen people do that. Yeah, that sucks. We're like, you know, plus Joel for, for, for nineteen ninety nine plus shipping and handling. That's of the course, yeah. of course. Yeah. And you got to buy the. It's a force to buy fifty dollar uh, chickens and pea crap fries. You can't leave the stadium. <laughs> without spending that um i'm just thankful that the flyers are, are an organization where they'll allow players to wear whatever shitty numbers they want like i like 86 but like ghost is wearing 53 on this team like still and then, i don't know whereas like josh hosang got run out oh, of the, oh, the for i was just going to bring that up as a quick little hot like not even a hot take there's something that really annoys me unless i'm just misremembering he looked in his short time in the very beginning with the islanders to be a very good player. He's like so he skilled. had unbelievable skill, unbelievable speed. Now I understand there's off off ice issues. I get that. 
but they have literally held him hostage in that organization. I'm not even He was kidding. late like, one day, Matt. He was late. He deserves every second of it. Like, at least, like, instead of trying to ruin the dude's career, at least just, like, Let him go. release him so that he can yeah. try and have an NHL career. It's the most... Like, you could say the same thing about Evander Kane when he was in Buffalo, mm-hmm. posting pictures of him doing push-ups with stacks 100 on his back. Like, <laughs> off-ice issues occur, but that doesn't mean that you get to decide the fate of a player just because, like, I don't know what, like, it's going to be viewed as bad asset management. Like, you've already made the decision he's not playing for your team. At least let him try to, like, live out his dream. Yeah. I don't well, know. Did, I don't know if you guys saw, but Lou Lamarillo the other day, just flat out came out and said they never considered him even for the taxi squad. Also, so, Matt Barzell is holding out, by the way. Speaking of love that. Yeah, love hilarious. That. God bless him. Come love to the that. Flyers. I, I would I would chip in for his salary. I would help pay if that was possible. Yeah, we, we, we would get like a hundred percent increase in the salary cap for that to happen. Um do we do we want to get into to camp battles or do we want to talk about uh Sam Moran first? Which one do we want to do? We first? should absolutely talk about Sam Moran. All right. Yes. I am so excited to see what is gonna happen here. When you guys we were it was geez, it was New Year's Eve, right? It was New Year's Eve day and I was out running errands and, and you guys texted in the group that he became a left winger. It's like shut shut up. There's there's not that's not happening. Sure enough, everyone's reporting on Twitter. Sam Moran <laughs> moving from defense to left wing. Um Matt, what do you think? Obviously, you you play D, so w- what do you think? Tough transition for the big fella? I'm pumped. I'm really excited because I'll just say this. I'm stealing it back from you, Matt. I thought, and I saw the AV, and I think Chuck Fletcher even said it too, um, in the playoffs, they were, a little, they were a little pushed around, especially in that Canadian series with, um, who were the, def- Weber, Willette, is that the other one? Yeah. No, Sherrod. Sherrod. They oh, were just Chirot. just mm-hmm. dummying our guys in the blue paint, just punching, punching, just dirty little plays, and we had no real answer for that. There was no – we don't have a big guy anymore to kind of go in there and settle, settle the duns. We don't have a big gun to come to town, and we now do again at six foot seven. fucking Sam Moran. <laughs> um, Matt, what do you think, though? Seriously, I, I need your actual – you know, your, your yeah, take I mean, that's not emotional. No, yeah. I think from making the switch purely from a positional standpoint – I don't think it makes much sense for him because I feel as though his his issue, well, without even getting into the organizational depth, like his issue, I believed was like Mike said before this podcast, is that his straight line speed is good. He's a good skater, maybe not he's in terms fast. of lateral movement. He's, he's a fast skater, yeah. So like yeah. he could be a good four checker potentially when it comes to straight line laying the body. Like we said, he's a big boy. Um, now, do I know? Slash, am I confident in his ability to receive passes on the half wall, redirect them properly off the boards, the centers cutting through the middle, or just read and react like with pressure coming down the wall from a defenseman who's pinching? I'll have to see it to believe it. I just, I don't, I, I like the move because for a while I was on the same boat as Joe that I really wanted him to succeed. And the terrible injury luck sucks for him, and I like him as a as a guy. He seems like the like a great kid, but for a team whose strength is forward depth, to then try to move him there it doesn't make too much sense to me. But at the end of the day, if they only play him against like the Canadians in the playoffs because of their kind of physicalness, I mean, and they, we've and watched they got worse players play. Bastards. 
Yeah, we've watched worse players play. So I mean, I'll just have to wait and see, right? There's there's no there's no like preseason games, so they're going to have to do it on the fly, but I don't know. I really I would be shocked to see him play at wing, but at the same time, maybe not considering they made the move. What do you think, Mike? Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I was this so this is the last player I ever would have assumed that they would switch positions we talked about ghosts forever yeah because that was something that like we know that is something that elaine vino and company kind of threw around the idea of like do we want to try ghost out on defense and or on at forward i would imagine ghost was probably the one who was like no like i'm an nhl defenseman like i i want to cut it as it i I can't imagine him being like yeah i'll change positions but anyway um i didn't see this coming i think it's i mean he said that he has been watching film of two players in preparation for this, and that's Mark Shifley and Matt Martin. So you Pretty have similar players, oil, <laughs> oil and water. If I've ever two players, he's really he's really covering the hockey spectrum. With Plus, those Mark Shifley's a center, is he not? Yeah, he is absolutely a center. He's okay. going to take draws. Um, that that six foot seven frame, he can wade into the faceoffs and just body people. Most definitely not how he will literally are. check them into the boards. He will literally check them into the boards. <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah, I I agree. He'll he'll be I'll say, just I'll say bone crushing hits. Uh, no, no, no. Hold on, hold on. Go, okay, go ahead. Go. I think I, I think I think it's one of those moves that if it works out, like if if Sam Moran scores like ten or fifteen goals in a fifty six game season, that's that's incredible. Like that's. That's huge. Um, and He'll it, be a reverse out, Brent Burns. That's what that's I was going to say. It's, it's like, you know, the, if Dustin Brent Burns Bufflin can effect, do it. Or, yeah, Dustin Bufflin. Buff. <laughs> um, no, but I think, it, you know, if it doesn't work out, oh, well. He, it, you know, at this point, Sam Moran is a is a known quantity, and that known quantity is he hasn't played NHL hockey very much in his career. So if, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And I feel terrible for him, but that's just, it is what it is. So. I do, I do like how this move seemingly Elaine Vigneault and Chuck Fletcher are willing to do things outside of the box. Like, That's I know cool. everyone was kind of upset with AV, how he handled the roster times in the playoffs. Um, this should instill a little bit of confidence in the sense that, like, no, like, he's not completely... He has the same blinders that every hockey man has, but he's not above doing something outside of the box or doing something... I mean, you're you're lining up a six foot seven, two hundred thirty plus pound, yeah, yeah thirty five pound winger next to Nolan Patrick in Patrick's first time seeing action in a bit. I mean, that's not the worst thing. You could have you could have worse things than that. So, to to wrap up, Sam Moran, I just want to say this. I think it shows it showed me two things. One, it shows that Sam Moran is, I don't know if desperate's the word, but he he knows this is it for him. He's dedicated. Yeah, well, he's he's constantly. I mean, after both injuries, he's been working his ass off to get back. That's never been a question. But he knows, like, if he can't get on the ice consistently, his NHL career is over. Um, and for, he said he had. What sorry, he, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go. What did he say? No, I mean, he he said he's you know he wants to be an NHL defenseman first and foremost, and he thinks that he has a future in the league in that way. But he did say he'll do whatever. You know, if this is the way he can live out his dream, that's fine. And then he followed up with, like, I had five goals today in the scrimmage or whatever. Oh, <laughs> so, I mean. Oh, <laughs> things to come. Things to come, boys. The, the, the other He'll thing be on that. The... Go ahead, Joe. No, no, no. Finish, finish. No, no, you go. We've been interrupting you. 
I was no, going to yeah. say the last the last thing that it also shows me is that the Flyers really really like this guy. If they're willing yeah. to put him at wing from defense when it's already crowded, like you said, Matt. That shows me they have tremendous amount of faith and they see how hard he's working and they want to give him a shot and I'm excited to see what happens. Just I I don't I don't even really care about the goals. If he scores five goals, I'm happy with that. I don't care. I just want him to bring physicality and a little bit of mustard to this team because I think that's the one piece we are lacking. We we don't really have a guy who, who can who can fight anymore. It was you know, we had it kind of perfect in Simmons where like he was an animal and he scored. And that's pretty rare to have both, so I'm happy we got some some more snarl back in the lineup. I mean, it's better than having Matt Martin on this team, right? Oh, million Sam Rand's 25 years old still. He's fast. He's yeah. getting paid like 700k instead yeah. of like two yeah. and a half million or something. All, All right. right. <laughs> Do you want to go into three C battles or camp battles yeah. in general? Let's, let's go to camp battles. Um, obviously, three C is going to be. The, Do when we start three C, or should we talk about defense? What do we think, boys? Let's go three C. Okay. Mike, what do you lead us off? What do you think is going to happen? That's a hotly contested battle now with Patrick and Frost. Obviously, both of them. It's it's Nolan Patrick all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I don't see a scenario in which, similar to Joe, like what you just said, this organization loves Sam Moran. I think the organization also has a strong. I don't know if you want to call it love, but they have a lot of. Uh, you know, value invested in Nolan Patrick. They have a vested interest in his success. Yes, absolutely. Beyond, beyond the hockey aspect of it. Like they need him to be good so that they can look back and be like, yeah, that second overall pick, it it worked out. Um, yeah. So I think they're going to try to make it work any way they can. I think there's no reason to think he shouldn't succeed at third line center this year. Um, especially given the two centers in front of him are defensive specialists as well as, can create offense like Kevin Hayes and Sean Couturier are probably going to do the lion's share of the work um, matchups wise this year. And Scott Lawton too, actually, they'll probably utilize him. If Scott's your fourth line center, which we'll get to the fourth line and kind of the bottom six, but there's no reason Nolan Patrick shouldn't succeed at least as an average third line center this year. I would think yeah, he'll be drawing um, favorable matchups for sure. Like yeah. you mentioned. And I can't see Morgan Frost beating him for that roster spot out of camp, at least not for opening night or the first opening couple months of the season. Matt, what do you think? Do you agree? I, I 100% agree. Um, obviously, we'll know more after the um, medical screenings today in terms of him being cleared or not. I think that's obviously the first step if he's unfortunately not. That's really the only avenue in which I think you see Frost take over 3C. Um, I mean, and the good thing is, right, like compared to when Sean Couturier was breaking in at 3C, like he's going to have Joel Farabee rocking the new number. And I mean, maybe JVR on his wing, right? Like if you're going to go uh, without even getting into Ross, I mean, that's probably the most likely pair. You have a sheltered third line, just offensive specialists for the most part. Um, so I think it has to be his. Obviously, the three people that are competing are going to be Lawton, um, Frost, and and Patrick's, but it's Patrick's to lose. I tend to agree with both of you. Um, just because, like I said, it's I, I feel like this is a huge year for Nolan Patrick. Just like Sam Moran has to be on the ice consistently, so does he. And that starts at, at 3C. He's got the experience. He's He played in the league for 
it's kind of weird how long he did play in the league. It just doesn't feel like he played that long, I guess, but he's played a few seasons now. Um, he should be drawing favorable matchups, like you said, Matt. And just looking at down the lineup, this team is stacked at center. If you, I mean, just I, I humor it and put Giroux as center too sometimes because he does take draws in the offensive zone a good amount. You got G, Coots, Hayes, Patrick, Frost, Lawton. All can take draws for the most part and, and be pretty successful. The Flyers are last couple of years have been a really good face-off team. So um, I'm excited to see what happens at 3C. What about um, what about the rest of the forward lineup? Anything jump out at you guys? That The bottom six battle is going to be so fun, I think. Yeah. Because so known quantities, like we said, probably Nolan Patrick is third-line center. Probably Scott Lawton is fourth-line center. And then from there, like, how do you construct it? Does Joel Farabee play third line, like you were saying? Does JVR play third line? Do you go JVR and Moran and Patrick on the third line? Just, like, oh. three huge bodies out there on the ice <laughs> just working the wall. That's a slow line, um, my friend. <laughs> it was Moran. That's I know. not slow. JVR is slow. Patrick JVR is, does not Patrick's have quick. Speed. Patrick's Patrick quick. has good speed, and so does, so does Moran. But they're big, so... Joe, you should love that. I, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. The more I'm thinking about it, I'm, but JVR doesn't hit. He doesn't do anything. That's, that's true. He's but just, then I you will know be so pissed if I see Samaran at left wing on the third line. <laughs> I will be irate. That's where they were skating him. They were skating him with Patrick and Farabee. What if he day. is tearing it up? He said he had five goals in the scrimmage. What if he <laughs> What if he really is just like a hidden gem that we don't know about, Matt? Give this a chance, okay? Don't shoot me down. Don't kill my dreams in their sleep, okay? The Tom Wilson effect in their seventh uh, year in the league. They finally score at a NHL rate. Look at Marshawn. No. Same, same fucking thing happened to him. He was yeah. just known as a rat for like eight years until he started scoring. It's like Sean Avery had a giant growth spurt or something like that, <laughs> but in terms of talent. No, and then but you've also got like Linus Sandine, another big body who he can skate. He's is, a sweet. He's responsive. What does that mean? Oscar <laughs> they Lindblom's don't hit. a Swede. Oscar Lindblom is a physical player, and Robert Haig. Robert Haig leads the league. Robert in hits Robert Haig's hits are are pillow <laughs> fights. Robert, Robert Haig. I if, if he does you know, hug. If I had a dollar for every every hit he had, I would still be as poor as I am now because there's he just does not check anyone. I'm sorry. Enough. Yeah, all right. All right. I can't believe if you, this, if you gave me like a Shell Sanderson, I would be like okay, or a Cronwall. But there are very few Swedes that are, you know, that come with some lumber. Most of them come over okay. and dance around, which is fine. We need that too. So, I distracted us. And it, so, who's next? <laughs> We're talking about forwards, no, right? Yeah, the the bottom six. What do you guys think? The fourth line construction. Yeah, I mean, I would have to say Lawton and Nak are absolute locks, and then you'd have to assume because of Raffles, like kind of importance to the team and like the locker room. Like, I would feel like it's his spot to lose in camp unless. The likes of He's Line not going of Sandine. He had a good playoff too. Yeah, yeah he, he had did. a very good playoff. So I mean, yeah. it's hard for me to say. I mean, I could see Line of Sandine sneaking in as the thirteenth forward, um, and then you're talking Wade Allison, Tanner Lazinski, Carson Terensky. Um, are the other three that are the most likely to kind of compete? And unless one of those guys blows blows AV and the coaching staff away, I mean, they're probably. Maybe taxi squad bound. It's so hard to say because it's almost like you don't want players on a taxi squad if they're not going to play. At least that's my understanding. Like, can they? How does that work exactly? Are they just going to be going back and forth between the AHL and the NHL? I think so. I think okay. that's the, they're they're basically just 
those are you can't call up guys from the AHL. It's those six players are the pool you have to work from, basically. Gotcha. I think is the idea. It's kind of like yeah. in soccer, man. When you're playing a game, you you have certain substitutes. There's only a certain amount. You can't just pull anybody. You you have a list of a couple of guys that you can you can sub in and out. Gotcha. So yeah, I mean, I, I just don't. Yeah, I don't think like Mike said. Like based on his performance, again, it is Raffles. I think he's the only one based on the contract NAK just got his his youth that is likely to be like pushed out of a spot on opening night. But it is unlikely. So. I don't think we see any really new names on the roster on the offensive side outside of like Linus Sandine or Sam Moran as 13 forward. Um, and then the three prospects I just mentioned as being probably the guys you see on the taxi squad. I think you're going to see, in my opinion, because we know how AV works training camp. He basically cut everybody the first week of training camp last year so they could get his roster set and, and start trying to get momentum going and, and chemistry. I think without having training camp, the team will probably take the first couple... Like, I think they're going to try to have their roster set from, from day one. I think they're going to try to go into game one with a set roster of, like, this is going to be our A roster. And then as games go along and when they have to tinker with stuff, they will. But I don't think... I mean, they're... It's such a short season, and the way the games are packed together, I don't think you can really afford to like experiment too much over the first week or so with your roster. I think you're going to need to have an idea of like these are our best twelve forwards for any given night, and then throughout the season we'll have to, you know, we'll give guys breaks as necessary, and you know, maybe some people will slip out. But where does Morgan Frost go? Oh, Jesus, I completely forgot about him, yeah. Where that's, does he go? The AHL. If there's an AHL, AHL. season, I think he plays that's, in the AHL. That's that's going to be a tough pill for him to swallow. But, I mean, if there's an AHL, I mean, this is a good problem to have, right? This is this is a good problem to have, though, where you've got you've got too much talent. Okay, great. And Raffle, I always joke that he's, you know, a 1,000 years old. It, it, I Just immediately it hit me. You remember The Shining, how um, – uh, Jack Torrance, he gets into the picture after the end of the movie, and he's like been there the whole time. He's a, he's a dead ghost too. That's Raffle on this team. He's, he's been here forever. He's never going to go anywhere. He's going to he's going to die and just come back as Michael Raffle again in another Flyers body. And he's always been here, and he always will be here. And I like him on fourth line. Coach. Uh, back as development coach. Maybe maybe a penalty kill coach. Um, <laughs> I know. Uh, I mean, if they've, he, he if can, they've shown this much, the... oh, go ahead, Mike. No, I was going to say if if. If the Flyers have shown this much um, loyalty to Sam Moran, who hasn't suited up in more than five games in seven years, then I think Michael Raffle's a Flyer for life. I like at this oh, point. Oh, no question. He's he's going to be at the alumni <laughs> events forever. He's going to be like <laughs> yeah, the top shit, top yeah. top line for the alumni team moving forward for yep until you know the the fucking world ends. I don't know, but I Morgan Frost that to me is is the biggest kind of question in the lineup just because I think his talent is. His raw talent is just so much better than a lot of those players, but you know it could just be the case of the Flyers are like, listen, we need you know a little more seasoning, get back down there and and prove it again, and we'll call you up. I, he's going to obviously play at some point during the season. It's just I'd be shocked if he doesn't get into the lineup. Um, we'll see that 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 bottom six lineup, like you said, Mike. It's going to be interesting to see what happens and a lot of fights, a lot of battles. Um, defense, what what do you have? There's not not a ton going on with defense. Um, well, I think this is the only area where you actually could see some tinkering just because you don't know what's going to work for you. Um, because we know for a fact 
the Hay-Ghost pair is atrocious. And I really can't imagine a combination of either one of those two players with Eric Gustafson being much better. In my opinion, you start the season Proveroff, Myers, Sanheim, Braun as your top four. And then that bottom pair, it, it, it's probably going to be similar to the last season where based on performance in a given game or two, like players are be coming in and out of the lineup, which I hate, especially as a defenseman. Like If you're not going to get that continuity and the, the, that trust, it's really hard to play defense, but I feel mm. like that's what we're going to see. I agree. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens with the D prospects. Just with, with Gustafson, that's what I'm probably most – Excited to see just this, you know, this is an abbreviated training camp. He doesn't really know any of these guys. It's going to be tough to, to develop that chemistry early on, I'm sure. But I'm excited to see where he kind of slots in the lineup um, and see what happens with Ghost, man. I, that's kind of the biggest question for me. Well, actually, no. Biggest question is Phil Myers, if he can be a top pair defenseman. That's that's the biggest question. But um, I'm excited to see what happens. No Niskanen. Oh, go ahead, Mike. No, 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 please finish up. Joe, I've been interrupting you the whole night. You know, it's, you know, and it hurts my feelings. It really does. Um, <laughs> no, uh, no Niskanen. So they're, you know, kind of the, the veteran on defense, I guess you'd say, is Justin Braun. Um, is he, I don't know what kind of vocal leadership, if he brings anything. Um, I know they, they a lot of the, the younger D guys really looked up to Niskanen, and especially Provorov. He told, he was always spoke glowingly of him. So we'll see what happens, but. Yeah, Gustafson and, and Phil Myers are the two that I'm really excited to see kind of what what happens with them. I think if if Phil Myers, this is my like litmus test for the Flyers this year. I think if the Flyers go into opening night with Phil Myers as their you know number one or I guess number two defenseman with Ivan Provorov, and he is able to handle the job, you know. At, at least break even, if not play a little above, you know, his station or, you know, play into his potential. I think that's that's kind of a, a litmus test for what this Flyers season is going to be like. If if they come out and Phil Myers is a legit top pair defenseman or can at least hold his own there, then that bodes well for the real team, I think, or the whole team. I think that, you know, as that top pair will go, the Flyers will kind of go. We saw that with Niskanen and Provorov, basically. When those two were on, the Flyers were just a force um when the flyers struggled in the playoffs it was because matt niskanen just wasn't he didn't have an in him so which i'm you know i'm not gonna fault him or anything but if the flyers top defense pair with phil myers can come out and they're ready to go then i think the team then i think the team will have something special this year any any last thoughts on the defense before we kind of we hit world juniors and wrap up uh just quickly i guess prospects to watch uh, Tyson Forrester, our first-round pick. A little unfortunate we didn't get to watch him in World Juniors, but that team stacks. So that's tough, and he's more of a scorer. So hard to really get in that top two lines, per se, or top three. But I'm interested to kind of see how he his skating looks compared to other pros. Um, and I guess the other two prospects I'm looking at are Zade Wisdom. I'm just kind of interested to see, again, how he – how he looks in that pro setting, and then uh, Wiley, I think, is a under-mentioned player. He had a point per season in Everett last last year. Um, I think a full year in the AHL or two will do him well, but he could be a undercover player that might be a good depth guy for us moving forward. So there's some prospects to watch. Okay. 
As far as World Juniors, anything? Obviously, the games are getting more competitive. Um, what did you guys think? I, I did watch um, USA-Sweden. That was the big game I watched over the weekend. Um, Sweden, that's just tough coming off of a quick back-to-back. They're, they were just – you could tell they had no jump. Um, what did you guys think? Though? I thought Bobby Brink, he continues to impress me. I think he, he looks good. His, again, his skating style, so what if it's unusual? As long as it works in the NHL, that's all I care about. Um, but I, I like how – He's ferocious. He's a, he's he's tiny, but he's got he's got some some fire in him. Um, I thought Cam York looks pretty good. Emil Andre, mm-hmm. you know, not not the best, but not the worst either. What are you guys? What takeaways have you had so far? Uh, yeah, Bobby Brink, like you said, continues to impress. Has gotten better as the the tournament's going on. Team USA as a whole has really come together as the tournament's going on. Um, my honestly my biggest takeaway from the the world juniors this year is that germany is they have a nice little future of you know talent coming through the pipeline and everything there's gonna be a lot of good german players in the league over the next decade or so um there was a lot of talk about them uh, earlier in the tournament when they got shelled by canada when they were undermanned but they i don't know if you guys saw the game against russia they almost pulled that off against russia I felt so, and they were undermanned that. again. So I think, you know, Paterka, Stutzel, Fabian Elias, I think he's going to be great. I don't know how he went undrafted. Um, he's probably going to go first round this year now based on this showing. So I feel bad for them. Had things broken a little differently with uh, the pandemic, they might have been playing on still. So, Real quick, I know we're not doing a hot take cafe. I want the Flyers to get that Austrian goalie. I want him in my – and he's probably never going to play an AHL game. I'd be shocked if he did. But he's got heart, pun intended, and he – I don't know. I see something in him. I don't know. I, I got a good feeling about the kid. He's going to go places. So I'd like the, the Flyers to get him if possible. Any last thoughts before we wrap up, though, gentlemen? Uh, one thing I'll touch on on Andre. Um, again, like I mentioned earlier, he uh, – probably last episode he's considered their seventh defenseman so it's kind of similar to cam york's usage last year with usa they mentioned on the broadcast how he played the least of any i think player in the entire world juniors last year and now he's the team captain playing top top pair number one defenseman top power play so i don't know obviously they have a lot of very good defensemen in sweden but i wouldn't be shocked if next season we're watching him play a much bigger role i thought he has some good speed. He should have lose a little of that physicality, and he he's been making some strong breakout passes. And from what I've seen in the limited time I watched, um, or was able to kind of catch him on the ice, but I think he's uh, he's someone to look at. It, again, small sample size, not much playing time. I'm looking forward to to next season's World Juniors where he'll play a bigger role. No, I, I agree, and who knows? I mean, Cam York is captain Team USA, so Emil Andre captain of Sweden. You're here to hear first. We called it in, this, what is it, February, January 3rd, 2021. I listen, you know what? You know what? It's It's been a long year, okay? 2020 was a long year. Um, uh, it's a, a new season. Flyers fans almost upon us. After years, we finally can feel excited again to watch camp. No more Chris Stewart's. No more Van Develdes or Andrew McDonald's. No terrible injury-prone goalie. Shout out Michael Norworth. Uh, it may seem too good to be true, but I think uh, I speak for all of us when I say we're due for a good season, uh, hopefully a great season. 
will AV, Drew, and Katahat, and this team's never-ending depth be enough to pull through? I guess we're going to have to wait and see. Join us Thursdays, though, as, as we're going to be tackling more roster construction and give our final thoughts on World Juniors, and we'll have our division predictions. And for the love of God, Eagles, please lose tonight. Please.